You are listening to Making It in the Toy Industry, episode number 29. Welcome to Making It in the Toy Industry, a podcast for inventors and entrepreneurs like you. And now your host, Ajel Wade. Hey there, toy people. Ajel Wade here, and welcome back to another episode of Making It in the Toy Industry. This is a weekly podcast brought to you by thetoycoach.com. What would you say if I invited you to a live hangout with me, the Toy Coach? Well, guess what? You can hang out with me live this Friday on Instagram. Just search the Toy Coach on Instagram, follow me, and check out my stories. There, you're going to find a countdown to my live event on Friday. And you can just tap the countdown so that you get a reminder for the event. If that sounds great to you, then I will see you this Friday for a little bit of toy talk. Before we get into the episode, I do want to make another announcement about a project I'm working on. If you need a little help turning your toy idea into a reality, then I want to invite you to check out the Toy Creators Academy. What? There's an academy? Yes, there is. And it's coming this fall, and it will be entirely digital. So if you're intrigued, head over to toycreatorsacademy.com and join the early access list. So you'll be among the first to know when the digital course goes live. As a founding member of the course, you'll of course get the best price that will ever be available. And I hope to see you there. So for our conversation today, I wanted to talk to you about the difference between being a toy inventor and a toy entrepreneur. And I really want to get into a conversation about why you may be both, or if you're not, you could benefit from seeing yourself as both. One of the most important parts of developing a toy idea is understanding the current market need for your toy, right? And similarly, in in parallel, one of the most important parts of developing your career in the toy industry is understanding the current market need for you. By the end of this episode, I want you to have a better understanding of how these roles look at a corporate level, at an independent level, and why viewing yourself as both could expand your network and increase your opportunities. Okay, so let's get started. So first up, let's talk about what is a toy inventor. Now, a toy inventor is essentially a person who's an idea machine. They're usually super creative problem solvers who really enjoy the process of creating a toy. And that's everything from illustrating to prototyping, testing, and refining their toy or game ideas. Now, toy inventors prefer to spend their time ideating new ideas than overly developing any one idea and going into the details of, you know, what licenses would be applied to it, maybe what themes it will have. Aside from turning out idea after idea, inventors master the art of the perfect pitch, usually choosing the medium that works best for themselves and for their target client. So 
Toy inventors might pitch their ideas in person with functioning prototypes. I mean, albeit not right now due to COVID, but normally they might pitch their toy ideas with video with a two minute sizzle showing the product prototype in action. Or they might pitch their ideas with a concept sketch and a PowerPoint presentation. Now, toy inventors aren't interested in investing in manufacturing or building up a business to handle customer requests and product distribution. Instead, they decide to focus on pitching as many ideas to existing toy companies that they possibly can, and they're looking for toy companies that already have the structure in place to bring their ideas to life, to take them to the next level, and they focus on collecting royalties. Now, did you know that there are two paths to becoming a toy inventor in the industry? So you can go the professional path where you actually would work for a toy company and invent ideas for toy or game products exclusively for them, or you can go it alone and be an independent toy inventor. So, you know, not everybody knows that there's these two paths because when you work for a company, you're not really called a toy inventor, but it is something that happens as just a part of the job. So first let's talk about, you know, this professional path, like what it looks like. So if you'd prefer the security of a full-time job, but you've still got, you know, that creative fire um, of an inventor within you, then being a professional toy, you know, designer slash inventor might be the best path for you. So while toy companies, like I said, don't normally hire specifically for the title inventor, there are actually a variety of roles in the toy industry that would land you in a similar field of product development that would actually allow you the freedom to invent for the company that you're employed by. Now, inventor types like inventor personalities can be found in toy companies in all kinds of roles. They might be directors, they might be senior designers, they might be assistant managers. These overachievers in these roles have schedules already filled with day-to-day tasks, maybe product development initiatives, but because they have the heart and fire of an, an inventor and they love coming up with new ideas so much, they actively carve out time in their work week to brainstorm ideas and invent for their employer. Now, I do want to stop here and just say, obviously, when you are working full-time for a toy company and you're coming up with new product ideas, you don't get the same kind of benefits like royalties that you would if you were an independent inventor. But this is a really safe route, and some really great companies offer you the opportunity to um, be listed as part of the team that came up with a concept, maybe on a patent, that they might file um, if you're inventing something brand new. Now, let's get into the second path. 
And I'm guessing that most of my listeners fall in line with this second path more, and you guys are mostly independent toy inventors. Now, independent toy inventors usually start out inventing toys part-time. And most often they start doing it outside of their full-time, actually non-toy related careers. And after some success, they may choose to become professional, full-time toy inventors and just work for themselves all the time, inventing toys or games and pitching just dozens and dozens of ideas to different toy companies regularly. So those are the two types of toy inventors. That's the definitions. You know, I love to start out with definitions. So now we're going to get into what is a toy entrepreneur? Now, a toy entrepreneur is someone who takes a singular toy idea and decides to take on the financial risks necessary to turn that toy idea into a full-on toy business. And that could be B2B or B2C. So usually a toy entrepreneur is super passionate about this one product or this one category. And that passion gives them a long-term vision for themselves and for their toy product, or I should say it drives that long-term vision. So they look at the big players in the toy industry and they you know, want to be like them. So they're reminding themselves often that at one point, those big players started off just like they are, um, just as a small time entrepreneur. So toy entrepreneurs, or, you know, you could call them toypreneurs. I started that you let people know. (laughs) Usually they start off as solopreneurs. So working on their own, they develop their toy ideas and test them with the help of friends and family and consultants. Um, They'll establish their own supply chain uh, and go to toy shows to generate market interest for their product, or maybe even start out at craft shows, start um, direct to consumer. Now, toy entrepreneurs strategically plan and budget to attend industry trade shows to showcase their product. Their focus is on creating connections with toy buyers and salespeople, maybe even agents, to land product orders. So toypreneurs may either be working B2B, which, you know, means business to business. Um, So they take So in that case, they take only wholesale orders from retailers, both like large retailers and small retailers, wherever they can get it. Usually toypreneurs are just, you know, struggling to get like that initial buy-in of their product. Now, other toypreneurs might function on a B2C model where they're working um, business to consumer. So they're taking orders from individual consumers online. I know some that have started on Etsy and then after some significant sales have decided to move to their own websites or move to sites like Amazon. Now, most toypreneurs are a combination of both B2B and B2C, um, which allows them to to spread the risk of the business out a bit. Um, But also, when toypreneurs are just starting out, a lot of times to get that B2B business, you're going to need some proof of 
concept for your toy, which you'll get by doing the initial B to C. So not having all your eggs in one basket um, means that your revenue stream is coming from multiple sources. So if you're a toypreneur, you want to make sure that not all of your orders are, are not all of your revenue is tied up in just a few big orders, but that you spread it across um, your B2B channels and that you also have income coming steadily from direct-to-consumer sales or B2C. So for toypreneurs, growing a relationship with your customers that is positive and and delivering a really positive customer experience online is extremely important for that B2C model. And if you manage it really well, positive feedback and the growing online popularity that you generate from that B2C model can help influence buyer interest in the B2B model when you go to toy trade shows and you're trying to connect with retailers. Now, toy entrepreneurs take on a whole lot more risk than toy inventors. And that's because they are essentially building a whole business. Um, They're usually holding on to inventory before they've even sold the product to reduce order shipping times. Uh, They've got to have business insurance. And depending on their size, they might need to hire a team to help, you know, either managing product quality or customer service or delivering goods. Now, I want to point out here that even if you have a small store on Etsy, you are still a toypreneur or a toy entrepreneur, no matter how big or how small your brand or your business is. If you are manufacturing and selling your product to customers, whether that's to you know a buyer at Urban Outfitters or a mom named you know Angela from Jersey City, you are still manufacturing product for sale and thereby you're still a toy entrepreneur. Okay, so now I want to get into why you might be both. And I love this part because people normally think like, no, I'm not both, I'm just one. But um, it's really important to point out that there are several points of overlap between being a toy entrepreneur and a toy inventor. Those points of overlap are you both come up with ideas, Um, You're both observing and predicting trends and creating prototypes. The main difference between the two is the final development phase and also who your target client or customer is. But I bet you never thought of it this way, that you as an inventor or you as an entrepreneur could actually benefit from seeing yourself as a little bit of both of these roles and not just one. Now, if you're an inventor first and foremost, we're going to just get into how you also might be an innovative or an inventive entrepreneur. And if you're an entrepreneur first and foremost, I want to talk about how you might benefit from seeing yourself as an entrepreneurial inventor. All right, so first, we're going to talk about those of you who see yourselves as an inventor first, and I'm going to call you the innovative or inventive entrepreneurs. 
Now, if you're an inventor first, I know you may be really turned off right now by the idea that I'm going to try to sell you on why you are also an entrepreneur. Am I right? You might be thinking, no, no, Agel, I am good. I am comfy here in my inventor studio, building my awesome prototypes and sewing up my cool electronic plushes. I just want to submit them to the portal, but just hear me out. The toy industry as you know, if you've been in it for any amount of time, has always operated really strongly on relationships and word of mouth. Um, If you're just starting out as an inventor, your top priority should be getting known in the industry as an inventor. And if you've been in the industry a little while and your name isn't top of mind, maybe you're not a pro inventor yet, you should still make this your priority, getting known in the industry as an inventor. Now, that process of marketing yourself or your inventor studio is kind of, yep, it's you marketing a business. So if you as an inventor start to recognize yourself and your studio as a business and you start building a plan to advertise that business and the accomplishments of your business, aka yourself, I guarantee that as more people come to know you, more opportunities will come your way. So as an inventor, if you can start seeing yourself as the entrepreneur that you really are of your inventor studio and start prioritizing to increase your visibility, um, and you can do that through social media platforms like LinkedIn, but also through networking when we get back to being in person or with virtual networking events, Doing all of this is going to help you push your inventor studio or yourself, your identity, whichever um, marketing identity you decide to go with, you want to push it to the top of the mind of the decision makers at toy companies. You want your name synonymous with just innovative ideas. You want toy company meetings to go like this. You want the director to say something like, man, we really need to step up our game in the preschool category. Did you see what that other company did? We've got to innovate. And then you want someone else to go, you know, let's call Ashley Invents LLC. They always have amazing ideas to pull from. That's what you're aiming for. Okay, so you want to make sure that you're making as many connections as you can. And when you're connecting with toy people in the industry, don't be shy. Share your accomplishments and share what you can do. Now we're going to move on to the entrepreneurs in the room. Anyone that sees themselves as an entrepreneur first and foremost, I'm going to call you the entrepreneurial inventors. Now let's talk about what this means. Now we already know that a toy entrepreneur, you know, just a quick reminder, is someone who takes one toy idea and with passion just runs with it full steam and builds a full business. But did you ever stop to realize that as a toy entrepreneur, you're also kind of a business innovator? And being an innovator in this business means that you've either come up with an amazing new toy or game or product idea, or perhaps you've built a really unique business model, maybe identified some white space in the market that was overlooked, Or maybe you just negotiated really amazing business deals um, that allowed you to kind of take control of the market and offer a better, more competitive price. And did you know that the word innovator is synonymous with inventor? 
So as a toy entrepreneur, if you want to create a business that stands out from all the rest, it is really important that you embrace the fact that you are an inventor and apply that inventor side of you to every aspect of your business. You should look at industry standards and just challenge them with creative new ideas that could maybe improve your customer experience or increase your profits. Your toy company will benefit from your inventor's mind if you regularly analyze industry standards like supply chain practices, return policies, materials, even models selected for packaging, and creatively problem solve for new solutions. You might be able to create a toy delivery service that's as easy as parents to use as Amazon, or build a toy product line that intentionally enhances child development through play with measurable results. A toy entrepreneur with the mind of an inventor can constantly analyze the state of the market and problem solve to make a better product and make a better business model that can function even more efficiently than the year before. And if you have that inventor's mind, you're going to actively look for ways to free up your time so that you can keep inventing for the business because you know that your time is more valuable spent coming up with new ideas for the upcoming year than it would be, you know, responding to customer complaints or returning merchandise or checking shipments. So I hope that this episode gave you guys a fresh perspective on who you are in this toy industry. I really just wanted to make it clear that when I tell you guys I am here for inventors and entrepreneurs, I made that distinction because I know many people see it as two separate entities, but I really do see them both as just two sides of the same coin. So in conclusion, I want you guys to remember this. The difference between a toy inventor and a toy entrepreneur is that one sells products and the other sells ideas, but that doesn't mean that they both shouldn't be practicing the same strategies and techniques to elevate and improve the way that they sell those products and the way that they sell those ideas. Okay, now it's time for another listener spotlight. I'm really excited. This is my first listener spotlight where I get to celebrate some of the cool toys you guys are working on. Um, I love this new product from Jeff Lauber. This item is called Marmals, and you guys really have to go check it out. It's live on Indiegogo, but you can also get that link at marmals.com. I'll put the link in the show notes, but let me tell you what this toy is all about because it's super cute. So these are adorable little figurines that literally look like a marshmallow just sprung legs and arms and is like moving around with magnetic limbs. So marmals are described as a fun fidget toy that promotes sensory awareness, tactile and audible stimulation. When you snap on the little legs and the little arms, you'll hear a fun like magnetic clicking noise. And they're really beautiful white figurines that encourage you to dress them up 
with fun little accessories and paint on them or draw on them with markers. And oh, they just kind of remind me of the an original just plain white vinyl figurines, but I gotta say, I think they're a little bit cuter. So I really want you guys to go check out Marmals um, by Jeff Lauber. He is a listener of this podcast, and I asked everyone to submit their products for me to consider to share with you guys, and Marmals really stood out to me. It was probably the fun name. Now, their Indiegogo campaign, it looks like it's done, but it was fully funded, so the product is coming to life. But still, go to their website, go to the Indiegogo so you can watch the fun, adorable video of these cute little marshmallowy looking creatures. Jeff, I wish you the best of luck. And MIDI listeners, if you want to submit your finished toy products for me to highlight on the show, just join the Facebook group and I will show you exactly where you can submit them. As always, thank you so much for joining me here. I know there are so many podcasts out there, and it means the world to me that you decide to tune in to this one. If you haven't already left a review and you love this podcast, then please leave me a message. I work really hard to put together these episodes for you guys each and every week, and your positive reviews and uplifting messages put a huge smile on my face and encourage me to keep going. So until next week, I'll see you later, toy people. Thanks for listening to Making It in the Toy Industry podcast with Agile Wade. Head over to thetoycoach.com for more information, tips, and advice. Hey, are you an aspiring toy inventor or toy entrepreneur? Then you should check out Toy Creators Academy, the first of its kind online program designed to help you develop and pitch your toy ideas. Head over to toycreatorsacademy.com to learn more.